Welcome back to the Give Em Liam podcast on the Cover Podcast Network. Glad to be back. Sunday afternoon here. You're probably going to hear this Monday, I think. But got Origin on tonight. The women won on Friday night. Yeah, the Blues. Well done to those girls at, in Canberra at Canberra Stadium. Was awesome. Eleven thousand people was the was the crowd. So shouts to Canberra for getting behind the girls. And awesome game too. Like re- like really really high quality footy, which not surprising. But given you know given the girls are out of season in terms of out of their NRLW season, like they've had their season now they're playing. Uh, New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, that that sort of level. To then come out and play that well, you know, really speaks volumes to the level of competition, level of player in the NRLW, but also playing New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, etc. So, yeah, they should be celebrated. It was unreal. Watched it with my dad. He enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped for that. I know that I said today was going to be, or the next podcast was going to be about the Super Rugby final. Just a lot has happened in the news this week and had an opportunity to, to have the fifth and dribble guys on this week as well, talk about Adam Sandler's new movie, Hustle. So I'll get to it, I promise I will. Uh, but there is one thing I want to talk about and I'll preface this by saying that I am going to write about it as well um, because I think it needs some further analysis. But you might have seen... Fina, the national uh, world body, sorry, for swimming, has banned transgender athletes from competing in the women's competition. And and rugby league, international rugby league, has followed suit with the World Cup, uh, banning transgender women from participation in in the in the rugby league World Cup. Uh, I think a, 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 a blanket ban is problematic. It's problematic for a couple of reasons, but. Most notably, is that the research, the research behind what happens to a male body under hormone suppression and, and female hormone replacement isn't complete. We don't really, it doesn't really exist. So, you know, we have some, we have some studies, we have some notional studies where, you know, it says body composition changes and and this and that. But in terms of actual, in terms of athletes, so you know, we don't know. We don't know what happens to to strength. We don't know what happens to aerobic capacity. We don't know what happens to bone density. We don't know. We don't really understand how body composition changes. So, but for for athletes, so I know that everyone's you know blowing up about Leah Thomas, and I think that is an interesting example because if you look at her times when she was competing as a male athlete and when she was competing as a female athlete, they're close, if that makes sense. They're not – like they are slightly slower um, as she's now competing as a female athlete than, than she was when she was competing as a male. But they're kind of still within a range, which is interesting. So I'd be interested to, ha- to have a really good understanding of the the testing protocols that, that – she is under at that university. And the other thing you have to remember is, you know, she as a male athlete was good enough to earn a division one scholarship to swim. So was an elite athlete as a male, uh, which I think changes things. And so I think to blanket ban 
transgender women from competing in elite women's sport, I think is a really dangerous precedent to set. One, because I think sport should be inclusive. I think it, you know, it should be available to all. I understand that it needs to be a safe place as well, but it should be safe for everyone. And so we're kind of, we're kind of making it, it exclusive by exclusion, um, which I think is which I think is really really dangerous. And so I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of opinions about this, and I've been a bit conflicted and and all of that, but. It conflicted in the sense that it, it's a it's an issue that upsets me. So I am in conflict <laughs> with a lot of the with a lot of the commentary. So you know, a logical solution, right? So what is a logical solution? Well, here's mine. So and and I will I will actually do some of what I'm suggesting. I I don't have access to all of it, but I will do some of what I'm suggesting um, in my article. And I promise I am going to write this one. I think is really important to write, so I will get it done. So, a transgender woman comes to a sport and says, "Hey, I want to compete in your sport." Now, there are there are obvious guidelines already in terms of you know the amount of testosterone has to be at a certain level. Um, so there's all there's all of those tests that already exist. So, yep, we do those now what we need to do is look at height and weight which we can do which 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 we can do very easily scale get the measuring stick out okay now then once we once we have that the, that information we can go back so if you're if you're an NSO and you and uh, sorry NSO national sporting organization if you're a national sporting organization and you administer an elite sport, obviously, you would have a database of every athlete that's come through your system at least over the last 10 years, and you would have height, weight, you would have a bunch of measures around you know, their strengths, so whatever your, your strength metrics are, whatever the lifts and things that, that are key to your sport or part that form a key part of your programming as a sport, you would have all of that information. You would have fitness testing information, you know, whether that's a beep test, a phosphate test, a, a yo-yo test, what, whatever it is, whatever tests you do, you know, for swimming, it's obviously really easy because you've got times. So then what we need to do is put transgender athletes through through the through those same tests test their strength, test their aerobic capacity, fitness, test, you know, size. Size is important in some sports, so height and weight. As well as testing for, you know, levels of testosterone and hopefully we can have a, a you know, a, a, a period of time in the lead up to this where we can see that that level has remained consistent and all of that. Now, if we if we can collect all of that information and then we can go back and look historically at or or even just at the current athletes in in the crop in that sport, and all of those metrics live within a normal range, then I think the athlete should be should be free to participate in that sport. Now, if there's an outlier, if there is something that is is hugely 
you know does does not sit within the, the normal range, then I think you take a you, you take a case by case approach and look at it and go, well, does whatever this this is, you know. So so if we look at someone like Hannah Mounty, her height and weight didn't fit within the normal range of of athletes who are looking to participate in in AFL and play AFLW. So I don't think it's unreasonable in a sport, contact sport like AFLW, to go, well, okay, we we don't think at this time you can play in the AFLW, but we're happy to let you participate in the sport and retest you and, and do all of the things we need to do. I don't think that's an unreasonable approach. I think it's very dangerous to be saying you need to transition before 12 or before you go through any portion of male puberty in order to participate in sport because I, I think children who are going through that, who are going through a, a change of identity, a transition, I don't think we want to be pressuring them to get through it and, and make the transition. I think we need to provide them every opportunity to make the right decision, to make an informed decision. And if we're using sport as a way to push them through, I think that's that can be really dangerous too. So... I just, yeah, I, I really think it should be on a case-by-case basis. And I appreciate that it's it's actually quite rare. In Australia, we've had two transgender women go to the Olympics. One finished last and one finished 37th out of 42 athletes. So, you know, in this country, it's not it's not a problem. We don't have yet athletes transitioning you know for the sole purpose to try and to try and use their male male features to dominate or male attributes to dominate a, a female sport um yeah so so as i said i'm gonna do I'll, i've done the research i've done the background i just need to put pen to paper or fingers to typewriter <laughs> to keyboard typewriter that's a good one that's a nice throwback for for all my boomers listening um <laughs> Uh, and I will actually run some of the, you know, AFLW example, as an example, NRLW as, as an example, all the athletes have a profile which lists their height and weight. So we'll, we will be able to run an analysis on on what a normal range or what the range of, of athletes are in terms of height and weight, um, largest, smallest, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, we can actually have a look at what that might look like um, for – for, for, for a transgender woman looking to participate in, in rugby league. So I will do that. Um, but yeah, I just think we need to be really careful here because sport should be inclusive. It should be a safe place for everyone. And I appreciate that that is a challenge when there is an athlete who has has a huge advantage. You know, you see it in, in kids' sport all the time. There's, you know, kids who are really big and there are kids who are really little because they progress and grow at a at a different at a different rate and so you know we haven't excluded kids from from playing sport because of their height and weight for a while or their strength advantage or, or any of that but we're, we're talking about doing it you know what well, it's been done for, for adults um, and I appreciate it's a very complex issue but I feel like there should be a common sense approach and I feel like it should be done on a case-by-case basis. I don't think a blanket ban across elite women's swimming is the right thing to do. I think 
now that we have a sample size with Leah Thomas, I think maybe she should be put through some testing, you know, as I've suggested, and as well as the, the testosterone stuff, and see whether she does fit within the normal range. Because if she does, you know, cool. Then I think we let we let her swim. I don't think she's going to be an Olympic an Olympic level swimmer. But yeah, I yeah. Anyway, I'll get to work on that article, and we'll see how we go. Um, all right, that's enough of that. Let's get into my conversation with the guys from the Fifth and Dribble podcast. Welcome, Maddie Locke, Fifth and Dribble podcast. How are you doing, friends? Uh, we are doing well. It is a lazy Sunday movie magic. This is probably going to go out the next day, I would assume. But lazy Sunday, we are enjoying doing sweet fuck all before Origin kicks off. So <laughs> it is it's very good. Uh, Lachlan, you, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm good. We've got some great, beautiful sun up here this weekend. Um, and just chilling out, hoping the Blues get the win tonight. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean that, that. That's what we're all. That's what we're all hoping for. I think, except for our friends down in Tasmania. I, I'm not sure who they root for. They root for the Jack Jumpers. They're convinced that the Jack Jumpers are <laughs> a part of the state of origin. Um, any trophy that they can win, they will try and win. But as we were trying to tell them yesterday, you know, all trophies reside in Sydney. I mean, so, I mean, surely they support Queensland, right? Two heads stick together. Two heads do stick yeah, together. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Out of spite, I think yeah, that they would take so. Queensland. <laughs> uh, so look, you know, we're here. We're here to talk about Hustled, Adam Sandler's new movie. Uh, and before we start, I'll just say there are some spoilers. Like, don't maybe don't listen to this if you if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's been out for like a month. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, bro, what is what is doing? We we'll just like, pause it for everyone to go watch, and then you can just restart this right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. I enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. And I guess sports movies for me always get a passing grade. So there's like, mm. there's levels of passing grade. This is pretty high on my list. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it so much. And I'll get into some of some of my takes in a second. But what did you guys think of it? Loved it. I loved it. Like we're, we're massive Adam Sandler guys here, no matter Huge what he does. Sandy boys. Um, and we saw the trailer for this probably what, like four, three or four months ago? Oh, eight, ages ago. Whenever it, whenever it first dropped, I'm pretty sure Wancho uh, shared it to Twitter and it's the only Twitter clout he's ever gotten in his entire <laughs> life. So uh, we were like, why is Wancho trending? Yeah. What's going on here? I thought he got traded and it turned out he was just- um, Just in a movie. We've been keen for it for months and soon as it dropped, we were trying to tee up a day for us to watch it together yeah um, and all of our mates even the non-basketball ones watched it and mm. raved about it and we had yeah. to put their fingers in the ears to watch out for spoilers la, 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 la. yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah but it was it was fantastic because yeah. i've had a lot of movies ruined for me that way mm. not and it's not even just the spoilers it's just like people like avengers was one people talked about it so much and they were so excited about it. they were like it's the best fucking movie you've ever seen then i watched it and i was like hey, yeah it's it's fine it's fine because yeah, my expectations I, I would are so rather high. Be, I would really rather be undersold. Like the latest James Bond movie, I don't know how people feel about that, but I was pretty undersold on that. I was told it was a four and a half out of, out of uh, mm. 10. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I came out of it thinking, no, oh, that was probably like an eight. Like yeah. it was, it was pretty good. Like the way that you know, always undersell and overdeliver. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> it. that's it. That's it. But if somebody had tried to tell me that Adam Sandler had bombed this movie, I was like, come on, Adam Sandler <laughs> would not bomb this. No. Did you see the man in Waterboy? This is now like thirty years later. He's angrier and he's a coach. Like, are you serious right now? <laughs> I reckon if he tried to bomb a movie, it'd still be great because everyone would think he's taking a piss take and it's like an artistic direction. Yeah, yeah. Even I feel, if it was really bad. I, I don't know. Jack and Jill was pretty bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I feel, but maybe that was it. Maybe he was just like, let's just see if I can take a shit on camera and people will watch it and pay for it. I know, I know I would two guys it. right yeah. here that would watch it. Two guys right here would, would watch it and probably watch it again just yeah. to double check if it was a piss take. <laughs> so the only thing I'll say about this one First ten minutes, I clocked the plot. So as soon as yeah. the as soon as yeah. the old guy was like, "We're making you an assistant coach," I turned to my partner and I was like, "That dude dies. Son takes over the team. Yeah, makes him a yeah. scout again." Because if you think about it, if the old dude doesn't die, the movie's over. Adam Sandler's just yeah. an assistant coach, yeah. and he's yeah. Yeah. and he's working with that the the German LeBron James on his defense. <laughs> the good Wagner. <laughs> the good Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, to be fair, the movie could have progressed because Glenn Rivers is the head coach, so he could have then become the head coach very easily. True. After they flame um, out in the playoffs. Yeah. After they flame out in the playoffs. <laughs> However, yeah. Um, yeah, I do see where you're coming from. Yep. yep. But even even so, still enjoyable. And again, like I think it's really hard to make an, a really original sports movie. Like, there's kind of mm. two story arcs. There's there's the the team arc, which is either it ends in glory or it ends in a, a heartbreaking defeat at the end of the movie, or there's the antagonist at the start of the movie who has something good happen to him, gets it taken away, and then he has to work his way back. That's that's kind of the two the two story yeah. arcs. And if you look at almost any sports movie, that's that's the the model they follow. Um, so all of that aside, I think my favourite scene in the whole movie <laughs> was when, so he's working with, Cruz, he's working with Bo one on one after he's after Anthony Edwards is, or Kermit has just talked shit and he <laughs> and he lost the plot. The only man, only man to go from an ant to a frog. Like what the fuck he is kinda, going he on there? Suited Kermit a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm about yeah, I'm about yeah. the Kermit. I think it was the hair. I think it's yeah. his his like twisty cornrow look. He yeah. could be a Kermit for sure. <laughs> and uh, and he's you know he and and this is you know I I, I am a coach of, of young athletes and this is something you do. A lot with all kinds of athletes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. give someone, the birds a back. Someone doing the manie. No, I don't know, mate. But you know, so you 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 know, there with an athlete one on one and you know, you're working on on a skill that they're trying to master or they're trying to develop or or a weakness that they're trying to turn into a into a strength. Mm. And Adam Sandler's just hurling abuse at him in in terrible Spanish. Oh. That was a great scene too. I took I took notes because I'm pretty sure in our local league we've got a few Spanish people. I'm just gonna start yelling out that their mum's a whore or something <laughs> like that in Spanish. Like just really throw them off their game. He does that and then he runs behind the two big guys after he says, Yeah, yeah. yeah. he yells at where's yeah. my centers? Where's yeah. my centers <laughs> gone? Yeah. What did, what did you guys think of Anthony Edwards' performance as Kermit? Oh, bro, Ant. Get Ant in more movies as the asshole. He was like, what we said about this movie as a whole is that it had very like 2K My Career vibes to it. Like yeah. we played that many 2K yeah. games that like we felt like we were Bo Cruz and we felt like 
Adam Sandler was that assistant coach that like we're, we're trying to level up our my player and he was showing us all the cool things and we unlocked new badges when we hit more threes and, and yeah. shit like that. And, and Ant Edwards was that like perfect antagonist that like just got in your head and, you know, in college and, oh, here comes old mate back again. I apologize. <laughs> but um, he had that perfect like fuck you attitude and, and, and the tremendous like gameplay to back it up. Mm. And then you see that that arc of, okay, well now I have, 15 hall of fame badges and i'm going to come back and i'm going to have a go and then i'm going to get drafted kind of thing so i think that was the like the awesome underlier for us but yeah and as a i love anthony edwards i started wearing number one on a basketball court because of anthony edwards and devin booker <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge ant guy so to see him as the asshole in this oh man that just that ticked all boxes for me because i'm an asshole i wear number one i think i'm really good like there's bro there's so many boxes to tick i wish i was not light-skinned like it was just like it's all kinds of things up in there i wonder how many people think anthony edwards is like an actor yeah. How many non-basketball people don't realize he's Anthony Edwards? Yeah. Because there's probably a lot, right? Like he he didn't look particularly ma- – he wasn't like Bobon out there where you're like, oh, he's obviously a basketball player. <laughs> yeah. He was like – he could just be a regular only given dude. Like, only given like four lines. Yeah, like, but then he's yeah. not song. He yeah. stole the show with that scene. That was, how old is he? He's 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so that, that to me is like the quintessential Adam Sandler scene. Like, yeah, like yeah. that is that is his humor in a nutshell. The yeah. guy he's talking to is clearly 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. And then this other seven foot dude comes across. He's like, who the hell is this? Oh, it's my son. Well, if you're 22, how old is he? He's, he's 12. <laughs> I, just, I just love how Bobon's answer was, it was big fire. Yeah. It was big fire. Where's your best ever get? Big fire. It was big fire. Oh, dear. Now, and and so that that was the other cool thing. Like, I think, I think Anthony Edwards clearly has some talent as an actor because you know a a lot of times when you see cameos even and and you know maybe you can throw Boban in that like it it, it, he's clearly not an actor like he's clearly been coached to deliver lines in a in a certain way um whereas I think like and I imagine Anthony Edwards would have had a bunch of fun with a camera in his face just talking shit for an hour and a half like oh yeah. yeah imagine being able to just throw out as many insults as possible in an hour. Like I just want to know what's on the cutting floor. Yeah. Like, what did yeah. they? What did they take away? Do you reckon he said some stuff and they're like, "Whoa, okay, we're not trying to make you the haters player in the NBA." Like, <laughs> Sandy might have come out and been like, "Okay, uh, like I have a, a role in comedy. We need to just yeah, come back that. just a little bit. Touch, all right. Like I'm all for you being an asshole, but let's just mm, take one notch down because you can you can see it. Like he he has that about him. Like the. You, you see it in his gameplay even, like the dunk on Utah Wananobi and, and stuff mm. like that. Like he he has some dog in him, absolute mm. dog in him. So to, to take that to the big screen. Ooh, I, think, <laughs> I think the funniest thing with Ant is I was telling you, apparently him and Hernan Gomez are best mates. Boys, they're like this. Right. Apparently, yeah, okay. apparently that's how I saw. So I was listening to an interview with Adam Sandler about this and apparently they didn't know who the quote-unquote antagonist was going to be. Yeah. And Hernan Gomez was like, oh, well, I was talking to Ant about it. He thought he like he was pretty keen for it. Can we get him in and read? And he read and they were all like, okay, yep, now we have him. <laughs> this is the guy. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. So it's just two mates talking shit to each other, I exactly. guess. Yeah. And, that, and you can feel, because they do have chemistry. Yeah. They 100%. do on screen. Yeah. You can feel there's something there. But I think that's also a staple of Adam Sandler movies is he has, you know, he has that group of guys that he went to NYU with that are in almost mm. every every one of his movies, either yeah. as, you know, key characters or 
playing bit parts, but he has his he has his friends around him all the time, and you can kind of feel that in the way that the movies come across. It, you know, I think anyone who has been in an Adam Sandler movie is like it's it's so much fun. It's just like hanging out with your boys for two weeks. It's, and, and it's that, like doing two podcast shows a week. It's a classic Bill Simmons line where he reckons Adam Sandler's cracked the code. You just go, you you write a movie in Hawaii with all your mates, and you go over there, you film for eight to ten weeks, and then you just come home and you do that a couple times a year and just make millions. Yeah, and just see really what happens. Just, yeah, just print money. Yeah, bag, yeah. bag on bag on yeah. bag. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the uh, I don't know if you know the Fire Festival. You've obviously heard of the Fire Festival, yeah. but the story yeah. about all that footage. It's just like. There's 30 models here, Ja Rule and some nerd dude. <laughs> and just film it and just see what you get. Oh, and they got the best stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that documentary is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of Kenny Smith as as the agent? I thought Kenny was good. I thought it was uh, it was funny when they then cut to the TNT guys and they had to cut Kenny. Yeah, yeah. I, thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. But, um, I actually forgot he was supposed to be on the desk. When they cut back, I was like, where's... And I was like, oh, yeah, the shit. Person. Actually, he's, yeah, he's yeah. in the movie. But he was actually... I thought, I thought, I thought mm. he was quite good. He he brought like good like good character to the role. Um, you could... Like you really thought... Again, this is like just a credit to Sandy's brilliance but you really thought that they were boys like yeah. especially that pool scene where he's like yeah. check out the titties behind you yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, out, check out the titties behind you please for me just check out the titties and then and then he's just like oh yeah those are my titties that's what i'm about like, uh, like, i like i pictured lachlan and i sitting there i mean he's got the crew cut i got no hair it just you know it works and i'll be telling him as well check out the titties man. check out them bitties <laughs> And but I, yeah, he he brought a lot to the role. I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and like super believable. Like I could believe that Kenny Smith is managing players on the side. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. And I think it helps that he we already know him in real life as a basketball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's probably like that's probably the other thing for me that was really striking about this movie is there were all of these known entities, all of these individuals who we know who they are. Like if you follow basketball, mm. you know who they are. But that didn't detract from them the characters that they were playing in the no, movie. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which no, I think I is agree. really a stroke of genius from, from Adam and, you know, mm-hmm. and the others who, who were sort of casting this movie. Cause you kind of forget, as you say, you forget Kenny is a, a media guy and yeah. you, you know, you forget that's Anthony Edwards. You are just completely committed to him being Kermit and you forget that Wagner is, is Haas. Like he's actually Haas for the, for the movie. So mm. like, I think that's, I think that's really hard to do when you de- when you're dealing with people who are really famous, and then also towing the line between having the cameos. So you know you got Dirk in there, you've got you know basically the entire Sixers roster is mm. there. Um, there's huge. There was one giant emission. There were there were two. There were two The biggest emission. The biggest emission of all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you even had some Brooklyn Nets guys in there. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Originally Sixers and then pushed on. But just just on Dirk quickly, if we could give out a one-dimensional character greatest character award, I think Dirk is up there for it. Like, yeah. oh my god, that phone conversation where he's yeah. like, "I've never met this schnitzel before in my life." Like, yeah. like, oh man, that that sent me. That was so good. And like, Dirk, obviously, like we know we've we've grown up watching him, so he's like a charismatic dude and and perfect for the role. But it just yeah, that sent me. If we could give like a, a forty-five second award to somebody, let's yeah. give that to Dirk. Please. It, it, Him and Jesus. It was good. 
And you know, and then Adam Sandler having to plead with him, like, okay, this guy's starting to believe that. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Like, and that, that was, was a really good because at the start you're like, oh, cool, Dirk's gonna come save. Yeah, the yeah, and yeah. then Dirk starts doing you like, oh no, well, oh, no and then it was like, oh, of course, Dirk's a good guy. Like, yeah. 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 That was a really well done scene. And part of me thinks, did Adam Sandler just call him, and that was the reaction he got? I've never met him before. That w- that actually would be funny. Yeah. That would that be so good. Like it might be. Yeah. <laughs> So the other thing that's pretty central to this, and I don't like where where I live. This this isn't. There's not really a culture of playing basketball outside. Like most people, you go like, let's go shoot around. They expect to go into an you know into a gym, into an enclosed yeah. place. Mm. But there's you know this idea of you know playing on the streets, playing playing local courts, playing against local players. Now I grew up in the sort of and one mixtape tour era, and that like that to me, you know almost it romanticizes basketball and and I love it and I love that whole you know idea around let's create hype by playing on local courts and offering money for people if they can score against you mm. like have you ever seen have you ever seen any of that in in your time you know living where you are like is there much of a culture of of players playing outside on streets for outside definitely yeah especially yeah. during the warmer months like I if we go out shooting, I can't remember the last time we've shot inside. Really, like if we go out yeah. and shoot hoops, um, yeah, it's all outside, outside. And there's you generally you got to play the guy for the court as well. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. You turn up, and and if there's people there, if you're like, oh, they look pretty small, we could probably take him. You'll stay and play. Or if there's <laughs> heaps of people there, there's always a court around the corner. We we definitely generally shoot outside. In mm. terms of for cash though, that's I know I, it, I know it does happen, but it's not something we've done. I didn't see it until I got. To- to, until I got to Europe, yeah. like uh, yeah. I barely like we played basketball. We used to, I mean, allegedly uh, <laughs> leave school early to play basketball uh, and get lunch <laughs> and whatnot. It's none of it's confirmed. Yeah, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, when I when I went overseas, like there were there were courts that would back onto beaches and stuff like that, and people would be playing there nonstop, and they'd be exchanging cash and stuff like that as well. So I didn't really see it until. So I think that like they painted that Spanish and European culture really really well. Mm. But um, yeah, I. I have never seen that Australia-wise, yeah. at least. Maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe, maybe people. <laughs> yeah, there's some secret underground game somewhere that we're not invited yeah, to. Yeah, probably. Just... <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave those big boys alone. We'll do our thing. My invite got lost on the dark web. That's yeah. fine. That's okay. Because, because I, I think it's it is a really cool, like it is a really cool just, and I know it's only a small arc of the movie, but it's a really cool holding that mirror up to the you know the idea. Ba- basketball, like football, like soccer. It's a really simple game to just pick up a ball and start playing. You know, you do yeah, need 100. you do need a hoop and and all of that. So, it's really it, it was a really cool segment in the movie to sort of pull it away from professional basketball and just show that there's this other subculture of people who love basketball but not necessarily in the way that you see on TV. And I just yeah, thought yeah. again, like a, a bit of a stroke of genius from from Sandler to to actually incorporate that in, into the into the movie. Mm. Yeah, and and I know you've spent some time in in Europe too, with obviously your union career. But it's like I've I spent some time in Spain, and there is a big subsection there that don't follow the NBA that closely. Mm. The time zones don't work out. They're really mm. into the into the Euro League. That they they know more street ballers and Euro League guys than they do NBA guys. Mm. And that's a real like reflection of that. I think. Yeah, yeah well, because it's interesting. Like three on three through Europe is huge. Like yeah, three, yeah, three yeah. you know the world so the world so much tour. so they made it an olympic like event yeah yeah. yeah so yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, which we could talk about as well because I would love to see like LeBron, KD, and Kyrie, just the three of them. That, that should be all-star weekend. Have a three-on-three <laughs> tournament. Yeah. Like, like a schoolyard draft, right? Like you have five captains or whatever. Yeah. Five highest vote getters, and then they just pick their guys. Yeah. yeah. So I tell yeah, I'm all for that. I tell you the thing that kind of hit me pretty hard, and this is there's there's two things. Like the 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 stuff with Bo's daughter hit me pretty hard. Yeah. Having having yeah. a kid, like so and and being a new father. So I can't really imagine being away, you know, for like I, I don't see him for a day because I get home from work late or whatever and and it I get really sad. So I can't imagine being away from from him for an extended period of time. But mm. then also as a coach, you work with tons of players like Bo who you see something in that they don't necessarily see themselves and so you spend mm. a lot of time uh you spend a lot of time with them trying to sh- effectively show evidence that they can execute and build confidence mm. that way yeah and often what happens is that one of two things happens they they get to a point and they reach a significant hurdle and they burst through it and then that's when you get that scene at the end where you know Adam Sandler goes and hugs Bo because he's playing for the Celtics and he's like, you know, don't tell these guys I'm rooting for you. So that's that's where that scene comes from. But then also, more often than not, they get to that hurdle and they quit. And it, it mm. as a coach, a little piece of you quits with them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that mm. that scene at the end, and it is kind of corny, but that really hit home for me. Like that's such a cool, very cool insight into what a – especially a development coach, you know, someone who's working with someone to develop them, to get them there. That's a really cool insight into what that relationship's like because you really do toe the line between friend and coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I I mean, I think you and I um, just have emotions and Lachlan doesn't. <laughs> so so I, I shit you not, like I, he jumped in that pool with his, with his daughter and I, yeah. was, I was crying. I was yeah. like, I had tears down the face. Like I... I don't have kids per se, but my niece is really young. She's only two years old, and like whenever I get a chance to go out to the uh, to the centre of Australia, Bathurst, and uh, and see her, um, I uh, yeah, I I jump at that chance. And like, she may not know how important she is in my life, but like not being able to see her for months at a time, like mm. that that kills me. And thanks to technology, like I feel like I get to see her every day. Mm. But at the same time, as you would attest to, like being with them is something physically. And completely different. So, um, yeah, I yeah, I I completely get where you're coming from in, in that regard. And Lockham was an AFL player when I met him. So nurturing him into a uh, <laughs> into a six six center. That's you know, I did that from a young age in the from year nine onwards. So um, I get the coach aspect as well. That yeah, yeah. He still he can still barely play basketball, but at least what does that tell you? As a coach, he's <laughs> at least he dribbles before he walks now. So we're you know small strides. That's, that's not we're bad. Getting there. That's not yeah, bad. I've learned that one recently. That's a handy trick. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. At least, you know, you can't teach height and that scares the shit out of little people. So it's that's, fine. That's it's right. okay. It's, that's right. We, we'll just put him in the middle. They don't need to know that he's a I mean, when he runs. I mean, look at what happened to the Celtics. You, like Draymond Green forgot how to play basketball and the Warriors still won. Oh, yeah. that's because they're dogs. Yeah. That's just, oh, right. You want to you talk Warriors? How much more time you got? Wow, right. That was a masterclass. Damn. But um, back to the point at hand, Lachlan's a robot and we have emotions. So, of course, we feel something. I did look over and Matt was leaking. So, I think yeah. okay. I, I, I did too. I did too. 
Bro, to be fair, like I cried three or four times in Top Gun for those that have listened to our Top Gun episode. So <laughs> that also an emotional movie that Lachlan did not shed a tear in because he is a robot. He is in fact a robot. <laughs> what do you That's have to right. say? He what do you have beep to say? Boop his way out of here. <laughs> beep boop beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Something the boys like to give me a hard time about, but I, I can live with it. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What did you th- What did you think? Of, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more Glenn Rivers. I would have liked to have seen a bit more Doc. No, miss me with that. No, you don't need. You don't need. As a As a Clippers fan, you don't need the, the least amount of Glenn Rivers you can see. The better the movie is, and I'm surprised they even gave him a line of. Are you ready to do this? Because like his <laughs> his throat is straining too much as it is. And can I just say, super unrealistic at the end that he was drawing up a play. That man does not draw plays up. Okay, he I've never just, seen him do that. Just, yeah. me too. He had to get an acting coach for that. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah, what is this, Glenn? It's a pen. You use yeah. it on oh, the yeah. whiteboard. He was like, oh, he's like that would have helped against the heat. Yeah. That would have been. That should have done that. Oh, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall where Adam Sandler's like, all right, Doc. Like, I just think you know, for the movie, you know, be really good if you could draw up a play. And he's like, oh, coaches don't draw up plays. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the actual assistants too, which I liked. Yeah, that was cool. Dave, Dave Yeager and everything. There. Yeah, yeah I really mad. liked that. Yeah, but yeah. the, uh, the the fact that they got you know Mav Carter and LeBron on board with this early, like obviously mm. helped that whole NBA aspect of things, but it just added so much. It added more to the NBA fan for the movie. Like it added that extra level of authenticity. Yeah, and um. Adam Sandler is so big in basketball culture that, you know, for us, it's like he, he probably could have been an assistant coach. He probably could have been a player if, if a few different things went his way and he didn't realize he was a fucking comedic genius and decided <laughs> to start making movies. Like, you know, you see him in Grown Ups. That's all first take, people. He's yeah. in that mid-range day after day after day. And you, so, see the cl- you see the clips of him online, just like in the baggy yeah. shorts and the T-shirt, like a – at parks, crossing people so up. So good, yeah. so good. Yeah. And he, like as you say, he clearly he clearly loves the game. But it also speaks to him and his sort of pulling power and his sway and you know his yeah. his ability to understand like there's a win win here. Like there's a win because my movie's going to be authentic, but it's also a win because I'm you know I'm potentially uh, this movie's going to be seen by a whole bunch of people who don't know much about the NBA and then potentially going to become fans later. Um, so I, yeah, I think you know, he's he's a comedic genius. He he is also showing his business savvy now by being able to pull all these resources from elsewhere. I think it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. Mm, and to back this up from Uncut Gems as well, like mm. to be able to see, you know, he he can masterfully show like represent '90s basketball as well as he can '2020s basketball. Mm. Like it's. It's fantastic. It just shows how much of a savant he is. Really, mm. it's it's fantastic. And I think too. He, and I, I want the pressure for his next one. Yeah, yeah whatever that is. The, whatever, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought he was going to win. I thought he was going to win an Oscar for Uncut Gems. That obviously didn't happen. But that was such a good film. I think COVID hurt that. Yeah. I really do. It was yeah. right around the time got released online. Um, and yeah. people kind of got stuck in the streaming web with like Tiger King and things like that. Mm. They kind of movies weren't on the forefront, mm. but he was, that's his best role. And I said to Matt during this, like, could you imagine what a 30 year career he would have had if he did uncut gems in this all the time? 
Oh, if yeah. he was just a serious actor, yeah. if he was a serious actor and was like, oh, sometimes Adam Sandler's kind of funny, yeah. but it's like he just had that, he's got a gravitas about him. Yeah. And it's like if he had done this properly throughout the entire 90s, who knows what he'd be now. Yeah, and it, it, it's kind of, uh, you know, like Robin Williams had a couple of those dramatic roles and you were like, oh, shit, like this guy's actually mm. an actor. Um, yeah. You know, but I think I think comedians tend to gravitate towards comedy because that's that's what they do. That's what they love. So, but, mm. but he, like Adam Sandler has had a couple of dramatic roles where you've been like, oh shit, this guy can actually, this guy can actually hang with actors. Yeah. And there's yeah. points in these comedic movies where there's a, there's only a scene or two. Yeah. Like, wow. That was kind of, wow. He, he knows what he's doing there. Yeah. That was emotional. What is going on, Adam? You feeling okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why are your eyes leaking? Yeah. <laughs> so I won't, I won't ask you to rank your top 10 sports movies, but, I was thinking about, I was thinking last night, if you would have ranked them, how many Adam Sandler movies would be in there? Well, he's, he's the sports movie King, isn't he? This is number five for him. So number I four, think, number five? yeah, I think all five of them would be in there for me. So there's Waterboy, <laughs> there's Uncut Gems, Hustle, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. It's a four. Is it four? Am there I forgetting one? one? Yeah, there is one more. I mean, growing up, she plays a lot of basketball. Plays a lot of basketball, a sporting not movie. a sports movie. And even like it, gotta... even Uncut Gems is not explicitly a sports movie, but obviously, um, oh, there's there are dramatic undertones. Yeah, of, and and of sport throughout having it. you know Kevin Garant, uh, Kevin Garant, Kevin Garnett <laughs> <laughs> plays such a key role. Uh, obviously, I think put puts it in that sports movie category, but. A hundred percent. I just, for me personally, I can't go past Samuel L. Jackson and Coach Carter. That yeah, it's a good the one. Lo- the lo- longest movie. yard was the other one. Yeah, the longest yard. yard. So that's it. Too. That's in there for yeah. me as well. Even yeah, though, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never seen the original. I've yeah. only heard good things about it. But I, we quote. We yeah, yeah. like, I think I made him of, shit himself. Like, a couple times a day, <laughs> a day. Like, like it's, come to the treehouse, you big dumb bitch. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We quote this movie all the time. And it's, yeah, that that's come we forgot that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is disappointing. But so, like, you think about that as a legacy piece. Like, he he's got not only does he have some of the funniest, and I think I think maybe it's generational. Like, maybe it's it's people of our ilk who who kind of grew up with his mm. movies. Yeah. So he kind of captures that humor perfectly, um, but then he's also probably got four or five of the top ten sports movies ever as well. Yeah, yeah, all five of them probably be in the top ten, but I don't know if I can give him the number one spot because Mr. L. Jackson holds a yeah, Coach, a special yeah. place in my Coach heart. Card is good, and then it's it's purely nostalgia for me. But the Sandlot—that's what I grew up yeah, on. Yeah, the by the time I was probably six or seven, I knew every line to that. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. I watched it a thousand times, and yeah, I was, uh, I had I had my son the other day while I was crook, and that we that's what we watched. I used it as an excuse to watch that movie. He didn't really <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. He's like he's one. He can't like it's just stuff to, have stuff to him. Do I have to have kids to start to enjoy that movie again? Do I? <laughs> if so, when the missus gets home, we got some business to get to. <laughs> uh, all right. So some final some final thoughts. If you were if you were gonna, I guess, describe this movie and recommend it to someone, what what would you say about it? 
I mean, it sounds corny, but inspirational is definitely like a word. Yeah. To use and like and, and it does hit that sports movie trope, doesn't it? Like yeah. right on the head. It just it makes you feel that, and it makes you you are absolutely rooting for this guy who barely speaks English, doesn't really have any lines, but mm. you know, you just love it. And you're also rooting for Adam Sandler too. Because mm. you're kind of at points being like, okay, cool. If Bo gets to the NBA, that's fine. But like, what's going to happen to Sandy? Mm. Like, you're really invested in him as well. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the, I know we're talking about all good things, but the one gripe I do have with this movie, the only gripe, they hurt his wrong hand. They're talking about a, a car injury where he puts his hand over. I didn't think this. Yeah. He puts his hand over <laughs> Kenny the Jet Smith. Yeah, but he's reaching a red but he's, but he's, but reaching his, like this. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's his left hand that's cooked, and then he do, he's a right hand dominant guy. So yeah. he does everything with his right hand. So yeah. I don't know how much it really is going to affect his NBA career. Like, mm. it. I mean, it is what it is. A- again, fantastic movie. But if I were to get my friends, like, I mean. I don't even know how I would sell it properly to my friends. Like if I know that a lot of our friends had seen uncut gems and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, it, it is, but it isn't an extension of that. It feels like it's in the same like multiverse to use that yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of phrase. Like alternate sports history, right? Where it's like yeah. almost everything in our universe is the same, except Adam Sandler exists and is just causing chaos <laughs> in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're obviously in like a, like a niche group of friends where, you know, we all play sporting games and we're all pretty invested kind of thing. And, and that description that we gave at the beginning where it's like, it feels like a video game. Like it's like, it's like 2k. It's, you know, you're able to go through, you know, you you are Bo Cruz. You are, it feels like you are in that point of view of his, where you're, you know, growing up from the slums and, and you're right. You absolutely love his character rise. But then you're so invested in Adam Sandler as well that you want him to to do well. Like he's your daddy, he's your dad figure. You know, you want him to succeed as well. So um, that little tattoo at the end as well uh, mm. of the tree that was, touch, that was that was a good touch. That brought a tear to my eye as well. Mister Robot over here obviously <laughs> was not about that, but um, but yeah, the little the little tree and and you know him being a sturdy oak. That was yeah. It's that's the way that I would describe it to people. It's just like it's this. It's a sporting movie that poses as like this beautiful family. It's a heartfelt mm. movie that takes yeah. a, takes place in a sporting world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good way to describe it. And I think kind of like Uncut Gems, you feel like you're in the movie. Like yeah. You feel yeah. like what? you're there like, with them. I know this isn't an Uncut Gems podcast, but my God, when I, watching that, I was on the edge of my seat yeah. the, the entire, entire yeah. hundred and whatever minutes. Like I was like <laughs> holding my own hands, like watching. It was intense. And this definitely feels like a more subdued version. Yeah. But it definitely is, is going back to that well. Yeah. And it's, it still takes you for a similar ride. And as you say, it feels like, you know, it feels like the, you know, when you buy it 2K and you get your character and you have that whole sort of precursor to then getting drafted, it definitely feels like that. So if you've they ever played Bo 2K, in 2K, they should, yeah. should yeah. have both yeah. in the next 2K. They should have bloody Adam Sandler executive produce the next bloody Mike. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. The, yeah. that's like, the stories are getting dry. Because there's some, yeah. there's been some bad 2Ks in our days. Yes, Freaking and vibing, yeah, you know. Yeah. Those ones. There's been juice. OJ, juice. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. OJ, the juice. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. been some Prez, watch out, Prez. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the saddest thing is, is that this year was actually probably one of the better years, and. It was still shocking. It was so shit. I put it down after six weeks. I'm always like, surprised yeah, I'm you can't. You, they can't get an out of work screenwriter to like. Yeah. Like surely there's enough. There's enough screenwriters not doing a whole lot that are pretty good that you could like. 
get it, right. I'm yeah. sure that they. I'm sure that they could. It's just 2K is allergic to spending money. That's. Yeah, I, I think that's. Think that I think that's more the thing. It? I don't know. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs. Mate, so. they don't want to upgrade their servers for the last 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> like they're still operating on, on PSX servers and yeah. we're at the PS5. Like yeah. let's just, you know, come back a little bit on the screenwriters. So it's in, it's interesting. I don't know. There's a there's a game, old game, PS3 or Xbox 360, whatever, depending on what you what your preference is. And it's called Blitz the League. And Ooh, okay. I don't know if so so ESPN before they kind of went down like the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary route, they mm-hmm. they started producing like TV shows, like traditional sort of TV shows. And one of the ones that they produced was called Playmakers. It's only, it's only one scene. And it, it, I, if you, if you have a spare five or six hours, try and look it up, try try and see if you can stream it somewhere. Cause it's really, yeah. really good. But, it got cancelled because the NFL started putting pressure on ESPN about, you know, portraying negative stories about football players. So Yeah, okay. I think they do enough of that by themselves. Yeah. They didn't need the help of ESPN. Yeah. But so then Blitz Blitz the League um came about because a claim that the NFL gave the rights to EA Sports to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So a claim who who used to do the NFL Blitz games were like, well, we've got this game engine, we need to produce something. So they made this game called Blitz the League and hired the writers from Playmakers. So the yep. story mode is awesome. It's like, it's so much fun. And there's like sex and drugs and like, you know, at one point one of the characters ends up in jail and you've got to play this like, <laughs> you got to like, do the longest yard thing and like play for your freedom. Like this it's, sounds like a great game. Actually, <laughs> unreal. Like a, I know what we're doing before Origin tonight. I am dusting off the Xbox 360. Let's go to EB Games. I'm sure one of them is there. So the original and the original one. So there's two of them. There's Blitz League One and Two. The original one got banned in Australia because that's uh, how you know it's good. Yeah. When, when we start banning yeah. stuff, it's normally yeah. pretty good because there's a like there's a risk reward system where you can like juice your player with you know an illegal drug um to boost Same. performance and stuff like it's it's, it's this wild sounds unbe- it this is wild. Like G- it's like gta meets like ea like yeah, that sounds perfect honestly wild so i would i would recommend doing that uh if you've got some time but watch playmakers as well because it's pro- it's probably one of the best sports shows that never got an opportunity to kind of develop because you know like one tree hill turned into i don't know what turned into some kind of crazy show you know, Friday Night Lights don't, was Don't really you good. dare slander One we're, Tree we're Hill big One Tree Hill, Friday Night Lights. We're big, yeah, all those <laughs> like little soaps we're big in. Friday Night Lights was, Friday Night Lights is epic. Oh, it's the, still, it's still, yeah. it's still untouchable, I think. However, like, the Tree Hill Ravens hold a very special yeah. place in <laughs> yeah. my heart. Okay. But I think you'd agree at some point that show was like, well, we can't Look, talk think, about high school kid, basketball anymore. I think anymore. being, being kidnapped <laughs> by German businessmen for a European contract was a bit how you do it. But yeah. up they until then. It's like season seven that Jamie crosses the bridge like Uncle Lucas. That's how they close season, season yeah. seven. Yeah. could have left it there. Yeah. Yeah. Two more seasons were tough. Yeah. It would have been like a nice little bow tie. Thank yeah. you very much. But exactly. Money makes the world go round. That that playmaker show sounds a little bit. It's probably not similar to, but the one the Rock does used to. Ballers. Yeah, it's kind of like Ballers. ballers yeah, ballers I like yeah. Ballers, but I feel sports shows are so hard to do because you got to like get the resolution pretty quick, and then what yeah. do you? Yeah. What do you not? What do you do after that? But it's like, yeah, I'd definitely be keen for that. Yeah, yeah I'm down. So yeah, I would recommend that. But I guess for for anyone listening, get get a Netflix subscription. 
Uh, if you don't have one, watch Hustle because it is. For, Hold on. If you don't have a Netflix subscription, what he's doing right now? <laughs> or just, like, or just some, take somebody else's, convince yeah, yeah, somebody just, else to just, let you log in. Yeah, borrow someone's password. Just knock on your neighbors. They I'm sure they've got one. Steal someone off Tinder. Yeah. You know, get them to come over. <laughs> oh, I don't have it. Log in. Now, boom. Now you've got <laughs> no, Netflix. It's yours forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Create your own profile. They can't do yeah, shit. Exactly. <laughs> but honestly, I, I would highly recommend it. And not just if you're a sports movie fan. If you're a fan of good movies, I think you will like this. It's a pretty easy watch, easy to get into. Um, and so do it. Honestly, because if it if it is successful and it has had some success, but if it had some sustained success, maybe we see Adam Sandler do you know Hustle Two or something. Well, he he signed that massive Netflix deal, didn't he? Seven or eight movies. Yeah, yeah. I think he's coming towards the end. Surely they re up for another you know five yep. or six at least. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to reviewing the next Hustle movie. Yes, it was uh, fantastic. Thank you for your time and having us on. And uh, praise be on to the cover, as always. Yeah, <laughs> praise be. be to the cover. Make <laughs> sure you check out the Fifth and Dribble podcast. They hit you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now that the NBA season's over, they've got double NRL takes for you. So check them out because they always have fun. And you never know what's going to happen. They never have a plan. They just start talking. As, as, as you've probably found <laughs> out by now, anytime you see us upload, are you thinking, Jesus, I'm yeah, going to have to have a look at What this have they stuff. got for me this week? Yeah, well, here we go. Call, have the legal boys on standby. <laughs> All right, thanks. How much do I have to take out of this article? Yeah. 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 All right, thanks again, lads, and I look forward to the next one. See you. see you later. See ya. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Locke. Make sure you check him out. I know I said it at the end of that conversation but make sure you check them out they're good guys really good podcast a lot of fun always having fun <laughs> and they know their stuff too they watch everything they love the game love the nba too but you know the nrl is is becoming more and more their bread and butter so make sure you check them out make sure you check the daily dribble out too Really good podcast, basketball podcast, NBL, NBA. They know their stuff too. Make sure you check out riverside.fm. But don't just go to riverside.fm. Go to thecovergot.com.au. Click on the little Riverside tile and make sure you sign up. Sign up. You want to start a podcast? That's the platform you need to use to do all your remote videos. It's Way better than Zoom, much more stable, much better quality audio, much better quality video. It'll even transcribe interviews for you. I don't do it because I'm lazy. Even though it's just a button click, I don't do it. But it will do that. It'll put subtitles. It'll cut clips up for you and segments for your, for your social media. So make sure you do that. It is a great platform for up-and-coming podcasters or established podcasters. You can do all your interviews remotely through an app or through through an internet browser. Chrome is the preferred, but to make sure you do that, make sure you read some of the articles. Make sure you sign up to the newsletter because that is the key piece of communication to everything that goes out. goes out on a Wednesday Everything that's coming up for the week's in there. Everything that's been for the previous week is in there. The link 
for our admin email address is there. So if you you got a story for us, you've got some questions you want to ask us, throw them in there and they'll get out and they'll be featured in here in one of our podcasts. So make sure you do that. But I think that's where I'll leave you this week. I will make sure I get around to some more Super Rugby content, obviously a bit of a wrap-up, bit of a team of the year, that sort of thing. But I think now what we have to be excited about is the Test Series, Australia v England, coming up starting next week. So that's going to be really good. You know, that's that's really going to tell us where the Wallabies are up to. But I'll do a podcast in the lead-up to that rather than talk about it here. So I will see you in a week's time, probably less than a week's time, maybe three or four days. <laughs>